Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Megan Gilgart, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Welcome to the podcast today. I hope you guys are having a great week. I have been working super hard in the garden. I kind of was a little more relaxed, I guess. I needed a little bit of a break from all the work, and I haven't been out there as much. So when I, but I committed this weekend that I, this last weekend that I was going to go out, I was going to just like clean up some things. And part of that was doing the tomatoes. The other things were like extensive weeding and all these things. So I thought it's really appropriate that we talk about tomato cages today because let me just tell you, I personally have had this deep, I don't want to say hate, but I think it's a hate for tomato cages, probably since I started gardening. I always get really like, as a minimalist person, I don't like purchasing things that don't serve their purpose or their promise. It really frustrates me because I don't like wasting my money and I don't like spending effort on something that doesn't do its job. And so when I first started gardening, I used them just like everybody does. But when we moved up here, I always had problems with them. Like they never functioned right. It didn't matter how many things I read about how to install your tomato cage properly. It never worked. And my tomatoes always grew out of them. And part of it was I was living in a warmer climate. And so the growing season was far more extended, but I just really struggled with them. So when we moved up here, I used them again because we only had our raised beds and I only had like three or four tomato plants. 
But long about August, the a storm comes through and just like blows hard enough. It whips my whole tomato plant over with the tomato cage and nothing's left standing upright, right? So, and then I have a bad harvest or the tomatoes are on the ground and then they're getting rotted and the whole deal, like it can be such a headache. So I decided then and there that I was like, that's it. I'm ditching the tomato cages and I am going to spend the next few growing seasons learning how to do this differently because we shouldn't have to spend our time doing something or spend our time, which makes us money, doing something or buying something that doesn't serve us properly. So I have this like deep beef with tomato cages, needless to say. They are not my friend. And I'm not one to like talk bad about something, but this is an object. So I don't feel so bad about it. And plus, I don't think I'm alone in this. I think there's so many people that probably have a situation like this. Now, before we get into this and like what I have done alternatively, the thing that I think I can say is like tomato cages do have a purpose. And I talk, I have a blog post as always that goes along with this podcast today where I actually tell you like other vegetables you can use tomato cages for. The thing with tomato cages is that they're marketed to us as tomato cages, right? Well, they actually serve other plants far better than a tomato. <laughs> so we'll get into that. But if you want some alternatives, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, Megan, like I put this around my tomato, not only will I tell you like you can still change course right now, but also I'm going to tell you that they can still go to something else. Like you don't have to waste them or ditch them like to the garbage or something like that. You can utilize them for your eggplant, your tomatillos, certain flowers that need support. I mean, even sunflowers, you can use them to grow beans up, things like that. They definitely still serve a purpose. They just don't serve the purpose for your tomatoes. That's what I'm really talking about here. So not only will what I'm going to tell you today, like actually help you save money, you also won't have to use as much space in your garage or your shed or your outdoor storage or whatever you're doing to store things in after the growing season. It's just a few items that all are flat and simple and they can just be put together. And part of it can actually be composted if you choose to do that. So like I said, much more smart, much more minimal. And it isn't just like the normal, uh, the normal things like, you know, there's certain things like string methods, there's, uh, cattle panels, there are certain other ways to do this. So this is one of many ways to do it. I'm going to try the other ways too this next year, but this year I really wanted to go full in on this method. And I have, and it's working beautifully, amazing. And the pruning is working. I've never had tomatoes this big. There's a lot of tomato posts and a lot of tomato conversation to come. Because I've always said this, and I'll say it again, tomatoes are not a beginner plant. If you like tomatoes, that's great. Grow a tomato, but keep your expectations low. Know that to grow them really well they take a ton of work and they take a lot of maintenance and they take a lot of observation 
And I'm really honest about that because I mean, I've grown them as a beginner pretty much since I started gardening, but I will tell you that now 10, almost years into really growing gardens that to, I just now feel like I've really nailed tomatoes. So if I only suggest tomatoes to beginners, if they're willing to be patient and keep their expectations low of what will happen for them with them. And that there's certain varieties that do are much easier to grow than others, such as cherry tomatoes are wonderful. Romas, those are wonderful. Um, large slicers can be challenging. And so I don't always suggest those, but cherries are always rewarding, especially ones called blueberry, which is from the wild boar tomato farm out in California. They're wonderful. They're beautiful. They're indigo and they're so prolific. So it's hard to go wrong with them. So I always suggest those and sun golds are wonderful. Kids love them and you look fancy because they're kind of orange red and yeah. So anyways, I, well, actually they're more golden, I guess. So anyways, we'll get into talking about tomatoes today. And, but I just want to just preface this, that like, this is one of many alternatives to tomato caging or tomato supporting. You can use a lot of other methods. And like I said, I'm going to try them because I figured this one out. Doesn't mean that's the only way. Maybe next year I'll have three different ways practicing in my garden to see how it all works. But I will say, without a doubt, you don't need a tomato cage. There, I said it. Just don't spend your money. Or if you did, I'll tell you what to do about it. So first of all, what I want to talk about is why we even need to support tomatoes. So a lot of people have actually asked me this. So tomatoes technically can grow on the ground. They'll actually like create roots that go into the ground from their stem. It is how they work. It's why we kind of plant the plant below those first few leaves, because what we're doing is we're helping that plant establish a deep, wide root system. And so that's what they will do if we plant them. And tomatoes just create beautiful root systems. They're huge. I mean, I had one a couple of years ago that almost was 16, 18 inches deep. It was nuts when I pulled it out. So they are very good root developers. So we can grow them that way. And I even saw Petra from Fruition Seeds, who I'll link here in the show notes. She actually <laughs> showed how to plant them early in the season uh, horizontally. And it was mind-blowing to me. But I understand why it can work. Because if you don't support your tomatoes, they start doing it. So you can do that. The only problem is, is that when we do complete horizontal plantings, not only will they take up a ton of space, but they also could are more likely to accrue disease, rotting. They're more susceptible to pests that like them on the ground, such as mice and squirrels and hornworms and ants and fruit flies, like all these things. They are more open to them becoming a problem. So by moving them up vertically, we can not only save space, which is, you know, the sexy conversation is that you can get more for your money sort of situation, but that's not the only reason. It also protects the plant and you're going to have a better harvest. You're going to have better fruit. You're going to have everything. So they just need to be supported upwardly. How we do that 
just comes down to a lot of situations that you want to go about. But like I said, I've tried this one for the last couple of years and I love it. I am very happy with it. My harvest last year was pretty much like we had enough tomatoes. I think we had 30 plants last year and we had enough tomatoes for the whole winter almost. I think I stopped pulling them out of the freezer in like March. So I felt pretty good about that. This year we have over 40 plants, not including the volunteer ones that came up from seeds last year that I've allowed to just stay and hang out, who I have not decided how I will trellis yet. Maybe I'll practice on those. So what you want to do with this method and why I chose it is because it does a couple things. One, it encourages a very easy model for companion planting, which there's a post in the show notes as well that you can check out for my suggesting companion plants, which you absolutely can still add right now. No reason you can't. So it allows for a really easy model of that that doesn't have as much like intuitive planting ideas. Like it's just pretty straightforward. So I feel like it's a pretty good beginner method, but also like this method allows for a lot of great support to withstand high winds, to withstand storms, things like that. So, which is really important to me living on a hill. So I feel like it's great, but if it's not right for you, totally get it. I also think it's really fun and I always love to have fun in my garden. So let's get into it. First of all, if you want to see like an actual like overhead of how this works, there's lots of great images that I drew, <laughs> excuse my illustrations. And then there's also some photos of how this is actually working in my garden right now. So you can see it, but basically how I started thinking about this was you first of all have to plan ahead a little bit. So if your tomatoes are currently caged, but they're in a line, you're totally good. If you want to, you can clip that cage off of your tomato. You may have to prune the plants a little bit to get it out. If you're currently in this situation where you're like, I can see where this cage isn't working anymore. So you can clip it with metal cutters and then just open it up, remove it as like gingerly as possible. And you can start this method. But if you have like two plants in a row, you can absolutely do this method. If you have them, you know, kind of interspersed, you can use the staking method alone and that will work as well. And just keep your plant kind of pruned and use like a T post or something like that. But this method takes basically staking and the Florida weave, which always cracks me up that that's the name, but it's a weaving method of string around your plants in order to support them through their growing. And that's how we're going to do this. So the normal Florida weave basically puts like stakes in between the plants. It's a little different than what I'm doing here. You can absolutely use that as well, but I did that because my plants need the extra support with the wind. So how I do it is I did basically plan ahead. I make sure that my tomatoes are all in the same row. And then we put in T posts every like five, four to five feet. And basically what you want to do is when you're, when you're planting, you put your plants like 18 to 24 inches apart. And each one has a stake, like a wood stake is totally fine. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. There's also like these bamboo green garden stakes you can use that it, it but they need to be somewhere between four and six feet tall because your plant's going to at least get that tall during the growing season. So you want to make sure 
that they're in there. So I will put the plants in and then once the plants are in and I know they're going to be there, meaning they didn't get taken down by cutworms or like whatever else, I then a few weeks later put in the stakes behind each individual plant and start just tying. You can use tomato, like plant clips if you would like to, or I just use string and I don't do it tight. I let the plant breathe a little bit. And then at about the four week mark of growing, I make sure that I have those T posts in there and then I begin the weave. And you can see in the blog post where I actually show this, but basically you're just like actually weaving between the plants. And then you come back through and weave the opposite direction. And, and you do it every like two to four weeks, depending on how fast they're growing. And that's it. And you just continue pruning them as I show, there's another blog post where I talk about that. And you, and I'm also going to share some more on that, but it's that simple. Like you, it doesn't take a ton of materials. I have a list of materials in the blog post, but like it's basically T-post twine, which I suggest like hemp or cotton twine and a hammer post driver for those T-posts and some pruning shears and scissors to cut the twine. And then when you're all done at the end of the season, you just snip all the strings, put them into the compost pile with your tomato plants, as long as the tomato plants don't have any diseases and processing away. That's it. Like, and then all the posts and everything can just be stood in a corner and they're all good. So it seems like way more complicated than it is, but it's not. And the thing is, is like, I never have to go back in and do extra supports. Like, because with the tomato cages or even like with the cattle panels cages, they, I found that you needed the extra supports as, especially we have, you have like an indeterminate tomato, which basically infinitely grows versus a determinate tomato that like doesn't the, you definitely need the supports with those indeterminates, which are typically like cherry tomatoes, things like that. But, um, not always, but relatively. So they, they need that extra support. And so you have to make sure that you have that or else your whole tomato cage, no matter the kind, is going to be flopping over. And then you have this thing that you spent somewhere between five to $50 on that isn't working or functioning in your garden for you. And your tomatoes are no longer fun to care for. So with proper pruning and proper weaving and staking, these tomatoes will be thriving. I can promise you because mine did last year. And I think it was like in August, I pretty much stopped having to weave altogether like late August. And that was it. Like, I think I only weaved them like three or four times, depending on the variety, but I cannot say enough good about it. So it also made it incredibly easy to harvest because I wasn't like putting my hands under things and everything. The hardest part is you might want some gloves if like, you don't want to get all the tomato pollen and everything all over your hands because with, especially with as many tomato plants I have, it starts turning your hands black by the end of everything. And with all the tying and things you're going to be doing, you definitely are going to have black hands, but <laughs> that's probably the worst part of it. I just really love it. So I also just suggest with the pruning that there's certain, like the thing you need to know about tomatoes is like, they don't need as many leaves as you think they do. Like most plants need all their leaves as much as possible in order to perform photosynthesis 
but tomatoes need a lot less. And in fact, like some of their leaves can be hindrances and help create problems with blight and airflow and all these other problems like mold and funguses because they don't allow proper airflow. And you may even not have fruit that are ripening as fast because they don't have access to the sunlight. So you want to make sure that you prune. So in general, when I'm pruning, I'm looking for the leaves that are not producing anything. So you don't, don't get rid of all of them, obviously, but like you can thin them pretty heavily. And I do throughout the whole growing season and we do incredibly well. So do not fear your tomato plant will persevere. Yes, that rhymed. So anyways, we will be talking a lot more about tomatoes over the rest of the summer, but also into the fall about cooking them and what to do with them and saving them. And also if you're interested in ways to put away your tomatoes, if you're producing a lot this year, which I hope you are, and you hope you feel successful right now with them, then you definitely want to sign up in August for our tomato saving, like preservation. Like I think it's called preserving the abundance. That's what it's called. It's all about how I save tomatoes. There's like three ways that I'd save them that are very approachable, very easy, and they do not require canning. So it's $5 to attend. If you're not a community member, I also have that in the show notes. If you would like to sign up for that event next month as we start saving our tomatoes. So I am really excited to start talking about those things and sharing these and this winter, even talking about how to use those. So lots to come about tomatoes. I hope you're excited. So anyways, I am very excited. Next week is going to be story time. We're going to be talking about our land and how we came upon it, how we built everything. I get a lot of questions about it. So I thought it would be time to do a podcast about it because I haven't. So we're going to be talking about our land, the story of it, and it's just going to be story time. I hope you guys enjoy it. Until then, look out for our Friday meditation on Friday. See you out there, friends. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.